All right, boom. If you've been to a dance club in the last 20 years, you've probably heard something that my guest has had his fingerprints on. He is a producer and DJ. Coming at us from Switzerland, please welcome to Locked on the Block, Sean Tyus. Hello, also, profe- sorry, also professionally known as Degenerate, right? So. No, not anymore. I'm, over. I'm, I'm an angel now. Nice. <laughs> no, you've been rebranded. Yeah, I just hate that. I hate that word. You have to live it up, live up to that all the time. It's just not really. It's it's not really good to do that. Yeah. Plus, you're a pretty sophisticated guy, and in our friend circle, there are definitely true degenerates, and you're, <laughs> I wouldn't consider you to be one of them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh man, you got to catch me on a good night. But apart from that, yeah, normally not. <laughs> you're pretty on the level, man. But um. All right, so I don't know anything about what's going on in Switzerland. I mean, here, you it's easy to forget there's a pandemic now, obviously, with yeah. the anti-brutality movement and it just being beautiful out and people wanting to be out in public and ride bikes and nobody cares anymore, it seems. But Movement. Uh, what, I, 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 apparently, that was the cure all this time. Who needs a vaccine when you got a movement to yeah. bring in? And everybody just forgets about it. And the funny thing is, there really hasn't been a spike there yet, just yet. Well, it's going to take a bit. I mean, after Memorial Day, we were seeing uh, like places like Arkansas and Florida and Texas where people were like in the Ozarks all like rolling around together in, in, in the lakes. It seemed like it after that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, we're probably going to see something maybe in, you know, a week or two. But also, you know, people are out in the sun and, you know, maybe UV kills it. Who, who knows? You know, like. But what's, it's, it's, what was Switzerland like? like dude, we, we started school five weeks ago. Well, my kids started school five weeks ago. Uh, my wife's hair salon opened six weeks ago. Um, of course, she has to have every client come in, immediately sanitize. She cannot take their coat, though that's becoming less and less of an issue because it's now June. She can't, like, touch their property. Um, and the clients have to have the, – the customers have to have wear masks, as does she, which blows if you're going to do a full day in the salon. And every single client, every customer means a different mask, of course. Yeah. Um, and you no, know, not not just for them, but also for her. Yeah. So, and in terms of school for the kids, the kids don't go to go to school with masks. And you know, this all kind of came really quickly where the the health organization here in Switzerland said, uh, "Oh, all of a sudden, by the way, grandparents can once again hug their children, but don't babysit them." So that was really a weird. It was actually part of the same article, and like, don't babysit them, but you can hug them, so you can have intimate contact. We can't keep an eye on them. It's weird. Um, but like it's lately, not supposed to be prolonged indoors, I guess. That's like. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, like it's it's the prolonged exposure. It's like you know, in terms of fifteen to ten to fifteen minute exposures, as to tap as opposed to tapping somebody on the shoulder at a supermarket. Right. Um, of course, you know, sneezing all over somebody's face that doesn't need any prolonged exposure. You just done your deal there. But um, but and currently, as of yesterday, the uh, the active cases that are reported you know, tested and positive are 336. No, 341. It went up five because I think, I guess just uh, a couple more people um, reported a new case as opposed to recovered. But they, it kind of every, it, it goes, it always tends to go down for two days and up one day here for the last two weeks. And now we're under 400 cases, which is sick. I, it's interesting to think, I never thought we would be like disease analysts in 2020 where we'd be studying these charts day to day and constantly, you know, you know, monitoring the ebb and flow of infection rates versus hospitalization rates versus ventilator rates. I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing to like be so invested in. And do we really even understand most of us what, what these things are saying? I mean, Plus, Not how really. Many, and how many people are even getting tested? So, I mean, how much does it reflect reality? You know, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, I mean, like, 
Yeah, in terms of the fact of why are we analyzing this, we got fuck all else to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that kind of, it makes sense as to, you know, things that keep, like, I wake up and that's the first thing I do. Before I even make coffee, I'm straight onto the world dominoes chart. How's Switzerland doing? Okay, how's USA doing? Oh, really? Fuck. And then, <laughs> I mean, I think you could look at what the USA is doing in any regards now and be like, oh, fuck. I mean, yeah, it, it is a shit show. <laughs> Hey, look, we we had a lot of time to fix these fucking problems and nothing was really done about it. And of course, you're going to get to this fucking point, you know, where it's uh, enough is enough. And, you know, people are, I mean, I, I saw a really powerful demonstration on uh, Saturday going through Kew Gardens and Forest Hills. It must have been 3,000 strong marching. Okay. And it was, in general, it's been peaceful. People have been doing the right thing. You know, uh, there were the first couple of nights, there were some provocateurs on I think on every side, which kind of escalated shit, you know, but oh, man. That, that's kind of over, you know, I mean, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that that phase is kind of over now. It's now it's in terms of, you know, uh, people protesting relatively peacefully. Um, I think everybody's kind of getting along again, but yeah, I mean, we had this conversation a couple of days ago, like where, you know, it says, Oh, you know, change needs to happen and everything, you know, da, 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 and nobody really has the solutions, but you came up with like an, instantaneously good solutions. Well, I'm always thinking about this kind of stuff. You know, again, I'm not anti-police in any regard, but I think you can't have law and order without justice, obviously, you know, and I think, yeah, you know, the taxpayers shouldn't be paying for, you know, police misconduct. It should come out of the salaries of the pension or something. And if they were on the line for that, I think there would be more regard. Things are still going to happen. People make mistakes, you know, people are humans, whatever. People are under stress. People are not trained enough, maybe, you know, but... I think knowing that the public's not going to foot the bill for you for things would make a big difference in the approach to stuff, you know, and I think it would make it better. I don't think they're going to be hands tied in any sort of way with that, you know? Well, I mean, is what you said, is what you said true that the police only really need to need to go to police, police Academy for nine months. That's a really short amount of time. You know, again, I don't know about, and again, America is a big place with so many different police, you know, you, you know, you have your local police, your city police, your sheriff, the corrections, the military police, you got the DEA, the CIA. I think, the, I think the sheriff NSA. and stuff like that, I think the sheriff position and the higher ones, at least within the police department itself, I'm assuming that's all based on tenure and experience and like the police academy has just you know been there done that and then they work their way up and i guess but two years that makes a lot of sense i mean look at the israeli military these guys and women have to go serve mandatory three yeah. years i believe it is and like i know granted that's military but i mean if the police can just be out on the streets with the same deadly weapon okay but a little bit less of a extent but still deadly weaponry that you know uh you know, they're fire. militarized here. They're wearing suits of armor. <laughs> yeah, true. Good point. Then they have. Like, <laughs> it's true. That's actually really true. Um, yeah. Why should Why should the police be able to get through that that much quicker? Yeah. I mean, again, you know, if you you need years of schooling to be a lawyer or a doctor or anything, and you know, these are all important jobs. So maybe there needs to be continued or longer training coming out of the academies. You know, and I understood. You know, there was a certain point when crime was out of control and you needed to get as many boots on the ground as you could as fast as possible. But since we've become more, you know, society is, is not the crime rates are not what they were, you know? And, you know, I think this has a big deal to do with it. You know, I mean, everything's media. Yeah. 
No, but yeah. just everything being on video and everyone having a phone ah. and everything being captured at all times, there's ah. less incentive to commit crimes because, you know, back in the day, you could run down the street and just punch a dude in Crown Heights and escape into the subway and never be seen again and you'd get away with it. Now you're, you're popping up on 17 different cameras. People are getting you. You're running past a Starbucks. They got you. They got you going into the MTA system, you know. You, you always somebody rolling. Yeah, yeah. you're going to be you popping up in some girl's uh, selfie and then like, oh, yeah, that was that, that was strong. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, you think about that, how many times you appear on camera per day? You ever just think about that, how many times you're on a security camera, surveillance? I mean, there's, there's thousands of hours of footage of you you're never going to see. You know, it's it, insane. It doesn't, some people get really bugged out by that, but it doesn't bother me. I'm not running for president. I'm not going to get vetted. So, I, I, you know, if I'm going to some seedy fucking place, I don't care, whatever. I don't really, it's never, good, it's never really going to come back to haunt me, really. But people are always like, I don't want to live in a surveillance state. I'm like, you do live in a surveillance state. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> and not only that, people survey themselves. Surveil themselves. There's crazy people that post fucking 25 Instagram stories a day of their freaking boring-ass lives that nobody gives shits about. <laughs> but we know everything about it in, in what, 15-second bite-sized chunks? Well, I mean, like, like, when you look at some of these stories, people, and you have like the, the dotted line, I'm like, fucking mute their stories because they have a way – like they're just trying to just i don't know what are they trying to show i don't know i mean being in the band there is a an emphasis to be posting a lot and to be doing certain things but it's just like i don't think i'm i don't think anyone's that interesting enough if they need to be doing 20 stories a day i know it's you have to game the algorithm by doing that the more engagement you have the more eyes you get in front of without having to pay to do that reach you will end up inevitably but i think I mean, instead of contrived it, stuff, I mean, if somebody has that dotted line, you know right off the bat, there's no way that's all like organic and just people, just naturally happening stuff. This, this shit's put together and contrived. They're, con they're going to have like a heart attack or a nervous breakdown just from the amount of constantly thinking about this that they have to do daily. That's crazy. That much work going into your social media presence is insane. I mean, that's because, you know, some of this started off as a cool way to connect. It was just email with faces and, and you could just it was like a public board it has become monetized because in America you have to fucking monetize everything. And there's nothing, you can't just do anything for the love of it or the art of it anymore. You have to be doing something to squeeze a dollar out of it, you know, and that's, so, that's the culture. You know? and, and, I, I, okay. But Facebook and Instagram and, and, Twi and Twitter, they require a lot of money to, to run. Yeah. I mean, they, so like it can't be free. I mean, maybe they'd be advertising, but they can't be, I don't even think they can be free to the end user, not, not to somebody that wants to use it as a business tool to push their stuff forward and expect not to pay a penny for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we've become the product by using it. And obviously, yeah, most of the advertising in America now goes, because TV is, is on its way out to a degree, it's all in social media, because I would count YouTube as part of social media, you know, it's all on there, it's Facebook. And local newspapers, the people that actually do real reporting, aren't getting the advertising and they're going under. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 we, we haven't had we haven't had a, a cable box in this house in two years. Sure. We just do uh, Netflix, YouTube, and, and occasionally Plex with the server that I've set up with like all my own like picks and stuff like that aren't on those services. It's it's I'm not missing anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between you know, yeah, being on YouTube and, and you know, you, people in your family have different things that I might not have and whatever you can trade passwords and get everything basically. And you're allowed to, you know, so true. that's true. It's a little more complicated when it's international. Cause then when you yeah. come to like the Netflix library here is different than when I would slightly different, not drastically, but slightly different, but yeah, I've seen that cable TV. Yeah. When I was in, I was in like Italy and I was in Japan and, and other places. Yeah. The, the Netflix was like radically different and I had to try to switch to us or, <laughs> 
or just find things that were in English, you know, whatever. <laughs> VPN, come on, work, work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because you get there and then you're in the middle of a series and you can't watch it because it's not available in that country. Yeah, or they're not, <laughs> up, or, or they're, they're at a different episode rate or things that play here on Sunday don't drop till Tuesday. So now you got to use moviedh.hk or whatever hacker shit, you know, that you might get a lawsuit for using at some point, you know. That's how I have to watch Rick and Morty. We don't have that on live TV here. We don't have Adult Swim. Or maybe we do, but then because I cut the cable, then can't. Yeah. So you have to kind of find a different way to watch Rick, Rick, the new season of Rick and Morty. Things like I haven't that. Even seen it yet. I heard it's awesome. Oh, it's pretty good. It. <laughs> it's really good. It's very creative. Yeah, I love the last season. Uh, <laughs> um, so what else is what? So what is the next step in? I mean, like the next step here. Okay, so let me, let me put it in perspective. In Switzerland, not only is the school started and everything seems to be getting back to normal, stores are open. There's plexiglass between you and the cashier, shit like that. Things that you would expect. However, next weekend, next Saturday, um, I did that live stream from the club a couple weeks ago in Zurich, where I took my daughter because it was just like us really in the club. Um, However, that club's open now, and and next week they're allowed to have a 300-person event. I mean, how are they going to monitor that though? 300 people can all be bunched up to the front, you know, instead of being dispersed throughout the place. Seems like a good idea, but I mean, if they're going to be like turnstiles for different areas, like they would tracing. Do a... You have to give your information when you uh, when you basically buy your ticket. You got to give your phone number and, and your email address. So if there's an outbreak to do with the club, um, the person who gets it's got to call back to the club, and then it's resent out for everybody that was there to to it's a required quarantine quarantine but good luck enforcing that so it's a recommended quarantine and we officially opened today in new york city uh to in, in phase one which i think just means there's going to be a shit ton of traffic because people are afraid to take the subway and everyone's wall street's not letting people use mass transit i don't know how they could possibly monitor that but supposedly they're all taking like some kind of motor pool which is you know you know, carbon emissions were down, and now between graduations being canceled and everybody having car parades pumping monoxide, now we're going to have that on top of it. I, yeah, bet, I bet the Segway scooters are selling like hotcakes right now in Manhattan. Ah, uh, you can't. Those are probably illegal here. Electric bikes were illegal until this pandemic because they realized, yo, we need now we need everything delivered. So let's stop. <laughs> let's stop pulling over and busting delivery people. You know, now now actually they're heroes. You know, <laughs> like wow, electric bikes were banned in New York. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's like pretty standard here. Like I don't have one, but I like do believe in actually having to pedal where you got to go, but it's great for old people that of really want to feel like they're still doing exercise when they're really not. Those yeah, are you just could, so you could have pedal assist, you know, everything's half measures, you know, you, mm -hmm. you just got to wear a condom. You got to do this or that, you know, like there's always some, you know, bullshit caveat attached to the laws here. You know, it's always, there's always some loophole instead of just making it obvious. I mean, how many people are getting hit by electric bikes? I don't know. There's less people on the streets now, so obviously less. So when it goes back to normal, you know, who knows? But still, even when everything opens up, there's not going to be an influx of tourism like there was for a little while. So we're still not going to be as busy, you know, in certain neighborhoods. That depends on the airports. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, and I know here it's still going to be, I think, June 15th before, before Zurich Airport. I think regardless of airline, can service other countries. Now, I know, I know from Zurich... I think there are three three flights a week to Newark still, but you had to be a U.S. citizen or or have business in America with yeah. a work full work permit and everything. Now, having said that, because America is such a hotbed right now, I don't even know if coming back here that would grant you a two week re required quarantine. Probably, yeah. Well, it's like going to China during the middle of it. 
I've seen Iceland now you can visit, but if you pay, you know, everything, everything being monetized, it's that you can, when you get there, you can be quarantined or you can pay like 115 euros or some shit. And then they test you immediately and, and grant you your status. But if you test positive, you're screwed too, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if you test positive, then what happens? Do they throw you in a room two, two weeks and feed you? Yeah. But what if your vacation is only for a week, you know? Like, <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, right now, and obviously with the xenophobia here, they're still trying to ban flights from China. Meanwhile, the East Coast got ravaged by a strain that came from Europe, not Asia anyway. I mean, so. And, well, it's only, well, to be, I mean, to be, I mean that's not completely fair to say yeah. that because the European that caught it, I got it from China. So that's, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's just, it's just a chain of, it's a, it's a chain of how things work. China's far away. Okay, not too far away from the West Coast, of course. That's very far away from the East Coast. Yeah. But hey, man, you know, the, the Italians' entire cuisine came from China, so things move along, you know, the Silk Road still. <laughs> it all get yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> I still, I'm sure there's loads of shit from AliExpress, but the, what normally takes three to four weeks to come is now taking, uh, that we had like these Lego things for the kids, that, like they're yeah. asking me every day for three months, took three months to arrive. And they came, I thought they were lost. I was required requesting refund, and they were fighting me on it because they always fight you on refunding yeah. there. And then they, just a couple of days ago, they show up in the mailbox. I'm like, get out of here. And my kid's jumping nuts. I've seen a bunch of things that I ordered I've been charged for because they shipped, but they, like a label was created. And they've been sitting at, at the point of origin and haven't gone anywhere. So I think that's a good way to squeeze money. Uh, yeah. There's, I, I, well, they basically have to wait for, you know, it's like waiting for a free seat on a free bus. Or like, or like flying standby. Your package is basically flying standby. And yeah. it just keeps getting bypassed and bypassed. Sometimes you get the lucky things from AliExpress. But I like, I prefer AliExpress 100 times over Wish. Wish is balls. Yeah, well, we, I don't even know if you can use Ali. In, 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 I'm here Amazon controls everything, but it's the same concept, you know. But Amazon, Amazon, at least Amazon has a bit more quality control. I mean, your quality control on AliExpress is a bunch of Russians with translated reviews into <laughs> English. Came good. Took long time. <laughs> Uh, may buy again from seller like like that's, that's the reviews because the trans everything's translated probably with the wechat from china into yeah so well, probably the, it's probably the same people that are controlling the political discourse in america you know <laughs> russian bot farms uh, you know russian bot farms and, and usb charger cables that are third party off market but what what are people in switzerland i mean you must talk to some local people in your town like what do people think of america right now i mean i know when i'm abroad i'm constantly people are giving me shit for being an american to a degree i've got to defend things where they're judging me even though i don't stand I, for I've, any of the things that, that are the problem you know like, the, the the swiss like the families that are the families and people that we know that are 100 percent swiss and not mixed couples or whatever because we have a mixed couple down that when i say mix it's a it's an American who is actually from Queens um, who, and, and her husband who's Swiss. And so like, if you talk to most people, like people are like, oh yeah, like America seems to, this has always been bubbling up, you know, slowly over the last few decades. I think over the last 100 years, really, a couple hundred years, really. Yeah. Um, but the one girl, what, what, the, the woman that was from Queens, she was like, burn it down. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, okay. Burn it down. I mean, do you think that fixes anything? Do you think that fixes anybody else? Do you think that fixes any perception whatsoever of what's going on? I don't think that's really, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously the, the burning down seems to have subsided yeah. for the most part. And so, people have to remember, you know, these businesses are insured, most of them. They're going to come back. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Some won't. There's massive inconvenience. Nobody wants to clean up broken glass and do inventory for everything that was looted and whatnot. Trust me, my hour goes out. It sucks. You have to lay off employees and whatnot, you know. 
Yeah, even right at, the ta- right at the tail end of this lovely Corona experience. Yeah, I mean, if you walk down Fifth Avenue right now, outside of Saks, it's not only boarded up, but there's like razor wire going across it, and there's people with dogs outside, you know, oh attack dogs guarding it, you know. Did they get the Apple Store? Yeah, I mean, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure they, I think they hit everything, but they left the Croc Store alone, because who wants that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's so funny. It was the one store that's still polished and shiny. Um, they attempt, you know, there was an attempted attack on on the queen center mall uh it was it, it went up on like facebook everyone come loot here so who knows who even originated that you know what i mean it could have been anybody provoking that situation you know okay. and people like to assume blame oh it's antifa behind it which antifa is not even a real organization it's some nebulous alignment of people against fascists that has no core leadership or anything you know it's not oh, like, so it's, plan, it's like saying a real thing you know <laughs> antifa is not an actual organization it's like calling somebody a fascist or a communist and Antifa is an organization the same way that people who hate Dave Matthews Band are an organization. You know, it's not uh, real. Yeah, it's just, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yep, yeah, they'll yep. all come together for, for a reason, but there's no meetings, there's no bylaws, there's no, like, true guidelines to anything. It's, it's nebulous, you know? I hadn't even, I hadn't even heard that term. Uh, I don't know. America's very big on new, new buzzwords real quick, oh, yeah. and I can't keep up with them all the time. And I, I, when, when I heard... The, the, when I heard it for the first time, I had to Google it. I'm like, what the fuck is Antifa? Is, well, that, uh, uh, is it like, I, I, I didn't know. I was going to take a stupid guess. but yeah, I mean, th- this, this weekend was the anniversary of D-Day. I would argue those were the original Antifa. Guys going over there yeah. and kicking the fuck out of Nazis, you know? So, yeah. Like, so, yeah, good intention, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the people who are grandparents who fought, you know, at Normandy and, and, and in Japan and just in the, in the Pacific would be... A, I'd like to I hope they'd be embarrassed by the things they're seeing today, the, the, the insane lean into authoritarianism that we've kind of slid into, you know, I mean. It was an interesting article. I believe it was the Times that wrote it. They've been writing some very questionable articles lately. Like, what, like Well, they've, oh. been, they've been definitely, uh, they've definitely been posting interesting points of view of authoritarianism via Tom Cotton, who's probably, he probably put that up to audition to be the new defense secretary because Esper is going to get fired because he didn't want to stick troops on people. No, but it, it was it was it was totally it was related to uh, World War Two veterans. Now, finally, basically, the last of them dying off because of COVID, and then like and then the memory of them, the, like the, all the memory of the horrors, is finally dying with them. I'm like, I don't think that's gonna fade with the memory of the, the, the what? It's a yeah, stupid article. We have a Holocaust Remembrance Museum. You know, we have things to keep, you know, perpetuating the, the memory of this. You know. Obviously, Hitler is probably one of the most trending words in the human lexicon. He's constantly being referenced as a point of evil. He's up there with Satan, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, people aren't going to – I mean, maybe they'll, they'll lose some sense of the context. I mean, the further you get away from things, of course, it's not going to be as bright. But I think World War II was such an impactful turning point. There's so much media, you know, there's so many movies that take place and shows to do with it. that There's always going to be an era that's constantly – you know, being revisited and resurfacing and being explored. So, I mean, I don't think it dies with the last people, you know? I mean... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think so either. I, I, I just keep... I, I need to turn off my New York Times uh, notifications on my phone because just... Yeah. I think most of the major media outlets yeah. I really need to turn off. It's just they're not yeah. really fun to read anymore. No, I mean, I mean, I think what it means is that at sporting events, they're not going to have like a Tuskegee Airmen to parade before the national anthem anymore. I think I mean, that's going to be it, you know, like... That's going to be the major difference you're not seeing, you know, because 
here the media, the, the military is so entrenched in sports. As much as they're all, people are complaining that football players shouldn't kneel and they shouldn't do that. Well, then, one, it has nothing to do with the military. But if you're going to make that argument, then let's not have F-16s fly over NASCAR in the Super Bowl. And let's not have recruiters going around the crowd and not have the military buy camouflage uniforms for the Mets to wear on appreciation day because they pay for that and that's your tax dollars going through the military going to that you know what I mean do the Mets wear fatigues during the appreciation day they have one day where they do they ever where everyone in the league does something you know that's so weird why would they do that <laughs> that's another thing too sports teams have like 30 different these used, used to be your 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 home jersey and your away jersey now yeah. it's they have fucking different ones for every day of the week. You know, they got pink ones for cancer day. They got a star Wars day one with Darth Vader on it. They have like, you know, definitely respect for the veterans and yeah. stuff like that. that come back that have fought and, and, you know, for, for good intentions, but to keep glorifying the military and military life, I don't think that's really the, that that's the right route either. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's a, it's a good career path for some, obviously you do. It does help with college. You do get, certain yeah like discounts and you get certain uh things to help you through society obviously and there it's, it's it's a respectful thing but yeah the glorification uh where it becomes worship i think as opposed to just respect is, is a different story and it has to be held again i think people of authority like police military have to be held to a higher standard than the rest of us like people are like you know you know the police and the military have to be held to a higher standard than a criminal <laughs> You know, they it's, have to be setting yeah, of course. Example, they, they, you know? They're not just allowed to have guns. They're trained yeah. to use them well. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of people who just want them. No, they get respect, no standard, whatever. And that's how you get war criminals. Yeah. And we have them on the streets of America strangling people to death. I don't think there's any difference, you know? like No, probably not. Probably not. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the change. The change that people are, you know, desiring is going to take decades as it is. But, I mean, decades would be quick. I mean, it's, it's a lot of shit to undo. Yeah, I mean, you could start by getting... Look, you could start by having better HR in departments and just being like, you know... Like, look, if you worked at any other job and you were outed for being at a Klan rally or for even saying a terrible thing on Twitter, you're going to lose that employment so fast, you know? Which I don't agree with that. I think that's a, one of the things that... That was a conservative tactic that started with trying to get the Dixie Chicks thrown off their label when they came out against George Bush in the, in the war. Okay. And, it's, and now it's been adopted by the left that anyone who makes any sort of mistake on the wrong day needs to immediately have their mode of employment taken from them, you know, and, and be a social outcast. And I think that is what's led to some of the, the conservative rise as a backlash to that, which mm -hmm. I can agree with. I mean, you know, I'm very left-leaning, but there are certain things on the left that I'm like... I think are nuts. <laughs> I won't get behind. And you know, look, if someone's doing a bad job and putting people in danger, yeah, they should lose their job. But if they said something stupid on Twitter one day, you know, I don't, I don't think the thought police need to be taking them down for it. You know, everybody's allowed to say something <laughs> stupid. Usually I mean, it's actually usually due to alcohol. I yeah, know I've, I've had some fucked up posts where, you know, at two o'clock in the morning after two bottles of red wine and all of a sudden I'm just really, off base. I'm not, I'm not even sure I understand what I'm saying. So, yeah. so it's funny to go back those next mornings and see. So everyone's allowed to say something stupid from time to time. But I just, I mean, okay, I don't want to say that. But uh, it's how I, we learn. How else? 
if you don't, if you say something stupid, that it's an opportunity to start a conversation. Be like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't say that. Maybe that is hurtful to other people. But you should, if you're instantly made a pariah, that just fortifies those people because now they're not being engaged with. They're they're stewing and thinking about how they're right. You know, and that's, that's a good point. Breaks this, you know. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, and I mean, I find too that, you know, and also with this whole communication we have now via text through Twitter, through Facebook, where things are being written down, it's very yep. easy to things get lost in translation. I know if I'm having a bad day, I might read something innocuous, but think that it's loaded. You know, I might be read something as being angry that isn't just because that's where I'm coming from. And I find that the people who engage with me on social media, who are always like telling me I'm wrong or coming at me, nine times out of 10, they didn't even understand what I was saying in the first place, you know? And I'm trying to just as diplomatically as I can, you know, bring my point across, you know, and, and still, I don't, I don't think it matters. Some people just want to be contrarian or just own me or prove me wrong. And maybe I am wrong. I have learned, but I've well, definitely been very incorrect about certain things, you know? There are less arguments in person than there are over social media because it's a very, very simple difference because communication, it really, really is two halves. You have the words that are involved and the tone of the words that are involved. Yeah. And the tone could be the same exact words, but the tone changes the meaning completely. Oh, yeah. said two different ways and so that's why there's less arguments because the understanding is better i mean look at a dog you could pretty much train a dog uh, you could retrain a dog in another language and he'll learn it just because pretty much the tone of what you're saying is the same even though the word is different yeah he doesn't understand the word he yeah. just understands the tone that's a good point so <laughs> I, think that, I think that's why a lot of that's why a lot of people get in fights on social media because somebody will say something and a lot of times it's not the person's, you know, English might not be the person's native language. Yeah. And the choice of words it's gone through there is like wrong. And then the shit goes, it's a fan. There was a misunderstanding. And then they're both start misunderstanding each other and it just gets worse and worse. It happens well, all the time. In Europe, is it as crazy as it is here where somebody makes a misstep and they're immediately like thrown from the island? Like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, they can't really be doing that, but uh, but it's better if people have a chance to speak verbally yeah. as opposed to just type. But is it over there, is it as intense as it is here with the scrutiny or do people get a little more leeway you know, in Europe? Scrutiny in terms of the police? No, it's just in terms of like if you, you know, the things you say, being losing your job for just whatever. I mean, are people as adamantly Twitter mobby as they are here about that kind Twitter's of stuff? In Switzerland, people are not really into Twitter at all. Instagram seems to be the thing. And of course, Facebook. Facebook's always like the backbone of the older generation. Instagram, uh, TikTok is massive here among the real kids, that, real among kids that should not be using it. Um, it's, 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 it's pretty funny. We're keeping cell phones out of my daughter's hands as long as humanly possible. Um, yeah, but uh, I think... I think Switzerland's pretty easy. And in terms of police, police situation, the police have almost no power. They more or less have to wait till they get killed first before they're allowed to retaliate. Yeah, I don't think things need to go to that level, but... Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's yeah. the other extreme, because yeah. the police here are more or less just there to write out accident and fight reports. <laughs> are they even armed? Like, I know, like... If they, they are, they are. To to grab that, it better be, like, somebody with a fucking bazooka, and in his back pocket there's a machete, and, you know, his friend's got, you know, an SMG, and everybody's ready to go. And then you're allowed to pull your pistol out, probably. Yeah. Well, it's, and Switzerland's pretty, it's a pretty secure and safe place. It's very wealthy as, as a country in general. I'm sure that has issues there. You're going to have poor people in the richest states too, but in general, things are pretty chill there, right? I mean, you're not having- Violent crime, violent crime is next to nothing. 
next to there's almost nothing and there might be petty theft from time to time but overall that's pretty much it um yeah i don't i've never witnessed anything violent here it's pretty nice good place to raise your kids that's for sure how has that been achieved <laughs> a really good question but i think a big part of it you know this um the way the government works it's not just one president it's seven I think that's what we need here. I think I, America should be subdivided into seven regions and have a governing council of seven presidents with certain federal laws that blanket all of them. But I think but that would. But just, I don't think it, I don't think it's by region. I think it's countrywide. Seven people that have to converse and discuss and and come to, you know, um, nonstop negotiations about different things. Now, granted, I mean that you could say that that probably really slows down development. But in a country where there's not really many issues as it stands. Um, you don't want radical change. Yeah. Once you've already got everything going pretty good, there's not a need for it either. You know, it's rolling pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting. Trump having to share the spotlight with six other people. How would that go? <laughs> well, he's going to have to do it anyway, pretty soon with the election time anyway. So yeah, well, we'll see if there is one. Um, <laughs> <you know. laughs> look, it, it's, it's going to be a wild summer. It's only June and this is what's happening. And look, we got, we got, it's not even hard. It's like just the beginning of hurricane season. We're already on the third storm, you know? So Things are coming. There's gonna, who knows? Earthquakes, fires. You know, the next major incident that gets everyone in an uproar. I mean, it's it's a long way to November, so you know, we'll see what happens. You know, in U.S. history, you would know this, but more than any in U.S. history, has a president ever stepped down? Yeah, uh, Nixon, Nixon resigned. Nixon, um, okay. I I'm trying to think of anybody. I mean, four presidents were assassinated. That's um, okay. Yeah, but in general. Yeah, Nixon, I mean, William Henry Harrison died like 20 days into his first term because he gave a speech when he was in and caught the flu, <laughs> like on a, on a dreary day in January. Oh, um, man. But uh, if anyone else actually stepped down, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, Nixon is the only one I can think of. Vice President Spiro Agnew had to resign before that because uh, oh, he was caught with corruption. But yeah, I mean, the only one I could, that comes to mind is is Nixon in recent history. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, it's there. It could happen, you know. I think people, I, and I and I actually think people dislike Trump more than they dislike Nixon. So that's yeah. saying a lot. Well, Nixon was going to be impeached, and he he was going to successfully be convicted. You know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. the writing was on the wall, and the Republicans then did not coalesce around him the way they coalesce and protect Trump because they just want they know Trump does nothing, and they just want to keep their own power. And he's, he's happy to let them do that, you know? He'll go golfing. He'll send some incendiary tweets or he'll do his Nuremberg rallies that he does every fucking week in mid, the Midwest or wherever, you know, where they give out $2 beers and they chant racist, hateful shit and wonder why we have cops killing people, you know? Is he still doing the press conferences or are you having his press, is, is he has, has his hot press secretary doing it for him still? Uh, he, I've seen him. He's been hiding in his bunker, you know? That's, well, he's been, I'm sorry, he's been inspecting it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Deep into the politics and say incendiary stuff, but I think we have a, a very big leadership vacuum right now. That okay. you know, listen, and I can understand. You know, the guard booth to the White House was on fire. It was openly attacked. Fine, you know, like you, I understand there's an element of danger to that. Of course, anybody in that situation is going to be like, "Well, what do I do?" But I mean, I think a lot of other presidents would have come out and confronted the people and tried to quell things as opposed to just telling, making a phone call and telling the other governors to dominate the streets. It would, you Nobody know. wants to, I think, maybe it's just 
lack of desire for the responsibility to deal with this at this stage. So many things have gone so far off the rails. If anybody's going to come in and say they can do, they can right the wrongs, they can they can right this ship, and they but don't do it. But it's also really it's got to be state by state, and it's got to be. Look, I mean, there's always open secrets, you know. Like we know there are people who are active racists in law enforcement and in the National Guard, and you know they they see things through a different prism. They don't see people of color as human beings. They have a chip on their shoulder about them for whatever reason. Now that can that can come from we grew up. You and I grew up in one of the most segregated places in the world. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, and that does inform your opinions. You start not, it, it changes the way that you view people if you're not having contact with them every single day, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's part of the issue too. You know, if you live in a red line district, you don't have the, the proper life experience to actually accurately have a good appraisal of the people around you, you know, like, you know, in the larger of sense of this country, you know, like, so, you know, I, a lot of things have to change. Like people just need to, you know, just, just wake up to the fact that we're all the same, you know, we're all the same view cup beneath the skin. You know, this is just, skin is just an adaptation to the sun. You know, like people have well, more I mean, less uh, well, melanin because of where well, I mean, closely equated they were. That's all it is, you know? Like, yeah. Our neighborhoods weren't necessarily very, uh, mixed culture, but I mean, I, I think in our our lifestyles were very mixed culture. Yes. You know, in terms of you know getting into you the, the the music scene, yeah. the club scenes, and and also um, being in the city so much and stuff like that. That's where we had to immerse ourselves into a more mixed culture. I mean, you're yeah. not going to get it in suburban Long Island. Um, but... Well, that's certainly it because that was a passport into meeting people from different backgrounds and all realizing you all have the same common interests. You all love the music. You all love these different movies. You all love this video game. You all have the same commonality and you're coming from it maybe from a different point of view, but you know, you'll love the same sports team. I mean, that's definitely one of the big unifying things, you know? That's, that's, that's always been, I guess. Yeah, totally. And those are the riots that we accept, you know, after Philadelphia wins something, they're allowed to burn down their city or Yukon or, or they they, they can riot when they fire a coach in, in Louisville or something, you know, that's acceptable. Apparently, you know, like it's, yeah, there's double standards. All but, but begging to not be murdered apparently is, is that's not cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is, uh, we, this is definitely the, the worst year the world's seen in a long time. But uh, I think it's been just kicked up a notch in the last two weeks. Just, just we need more empathy. That's all, you know. Just, just try to see things from someone's point of view a little bit more. Everyone is ha going through a day. Everybody's dealing with something, you know. Like it's just you just can't also, take it out on people. You know? I think that I think this amplified it for just everybody too. I mean, like, I mean, it just should have been amplified regardless. But I think it was even more because everyone's under such harsh. Uh, pressure right now. Yeah. People don't know when they can get back to work. People don't even know if they can pay the rent. People haven't paid the rent for months. Yeah, things like that. I mean, that's that'll set me off. Like, it doesn't take much to get set off. Yeah, I mean, how, so you were definitely affected monetarily. I mean, you were a person who was prolifically three days a week in different countries DJing at clubs. So now you're not. You know, you would be in Malaysia last weekend. You would have been here. I mean, we were supposed to. We were. We would have been doing something in Ecuador. You know, like, oh, like this month. Yeah. You know, like it's been brutal. I mean. Yeah. What was it? I was halfway through March. I was in Hoboken at my brother's and I was supposed to go to Honolulu the next day. And then I got a text on my phone. This is right during that, like, you know, there was that day that NBA yeah. was canceled. And then um, I got a text on my phone. Your return flight from, from Honolulu is now canceled. I'm thinking, 
shit. Okay, so I got a gig there. So my flight there is good to go. So I could fly there, but and then there's no telling. Oh no, you're gonna be trapped in Hawaii. That sucks. Yeah, but I mean, like, I mean, you can't really. It's like, um, yeah, honey, um, hi, girls. Uh, I'm in Hawaii. I think I can come home in about two weeks to three months, somewhere around there, yeah. in that window. Well, I knew at that time a guy I knew was trapped in the Philippines or Thailand. He was somewhere. He couldn't get back from Southeast Asia. I know. <laughs> but he had no Man. problem. With it. He was like, "Fuck it, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, all right. I'll chill on the beach and sit this one out. That's all." You know, because it's not expensive there. You can get by, you know? That's true. I, I think in Hawaii, it would be it would be brutal. I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to swallow this pill. It's going to be rough. I'm like, so I basically just called the airline. I said, and I called my, my agent. And, like, they were the airlines had been very cooperative right around that time. They, they just changed it to a departure the next day. I had a new work back to Zurich, get me home. And then just the world fell apart from <laughs> that day on. Uh, yeah, the, the world, yeah, let's just say uh, it closed. The entire world closed. Except for Sweden. Sweden's good. Yeah, if you're if you're not over sixty, Sweden is good. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, they, look, somebody had to be, someone had to try something different, right? I mean, but Sweden again, that wouldn't have worked in a lot of cities in New York, uh, in cities in America, excuse me, because of the population density we have here. We got hit the hardest because we all live on top of each other. The L train here is very similar to, you know, I've I've been on trains in in Bangkok and Tokyo at rush hour. And it's like that here basically 24 hours a day, that, that, that train. You know, you're constantly packed in like sardines. You have to run and jump into the door, you know. To be, yeah, yeah. You know? It's, it's a petri dish in terms of germs, contact. I'm looking at Sweden's numbers right now. I just Googled it real quick. And then, uh, and yeah, 68 new cases yesterday. They, they do have just under, uh, just a couple hundred less than 5,000 deaths. But they, I mean, they plow They have through. a much smaller population. So that's uh, a bigger, you know. What is the population? Five, 10, five, million, yo, 10 million. Yeah, but 5,000 out of 10 million is a lot, is, is high, you know? like It's not that much. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, have, I don't, I'm not going to downplay the deaths. I'm not, yeah. but, but for a country that plowed face first into it, they jumped through like seven rings of fire. Like no other country did this. They just shut down. Sweden's like, no, open. If you really thought, if you really don't want to get it, stay inside. Fair enough. And by the way, the world's never going to close down again, ever. No. This will second, never happen again. If there is a second wave, we're just going to be like, "Fuck it, we tried." You know, um, a second wave. Let let let's forget about that. Let's figure. Let's let's say it goes completely away, and there is a worse virus next year or in four years, right? There's the world's going to say, "Fuck that." We are well, not shutting down again. Well, also there are things that could have been done preventatively to begin with that would have maybe prevented the shutdown. If you know people had been on the ball, you know, and this is the same uh, thing happened with nine eleven. You know the. The rumbling, the writing was on the wall, it was coming, and people unfortunately ignored some of the signs, you know, and, and the event occurred. You know, having people on the ground in these, in, you know, in, in places like where this could happen, identifying this issue and getting ahead of it, you know, would have been a big deal. But, and again, we could have closed earlier for less, you know, we would have, if we would have closed New York City one week earlier, it could have saved the lives of like between, 20 to 50,000 people, you know, like. I still feel New York City closed down pretty, pretty early. I'm definitely early, earlier than most other states. No, but California was already uh, closed for like, I think seven or eight days ahead of us. You know what I mean? They were. That's and, true. and also we closed, we closed, but certain things didn't close. They, they dragged their feet on closing down playgrounds and shit. People were That's still true. playing basketball. People were still doing things that were leading to uh, getting sick, you know? Playground thing, I remember that because I was like, I was like, week, yo, 
Mm. That first week was when all the panic hoarding ensued and all those people all cramming to the same place, all infecting each other probably, you know, like. Yeah. No, and nobody, I mean, also in the beginning, it weren't like it was really hard to get your hands on sanitizer. It was hard to get yeah. your hands on masks when people were hoarding those. So that's, you know, people nobody have 500. Yeah. And nobody wore masks. Yeah. And I'm, to be said, I mean, having said that, you barely see any here. But then again, they're so into social distancing here. Um, and like, yo, when if you have 400 cases, less than less than 400 cases active in a 8 million person country, you're not going to be too overly concerned. Yeah. Not really. You got a better shot of probably getting hit by a bus. Yeah. I mean, we don't have that luxury, unfortunately. I mean, right now no. we're still leading the league in most deaths and most infections with Britain behind us, but now Brazil's creeping up pretty fast. You know, New York, isn't New York alone higher than China? New York alone is higher than a lot of other places in the world. I don't know specifically. China, I don't believe their numbers. So. No, I don't believe the numbers at all. Just, they have new, <laughs> how many new cases they got since yesterday? Shout out to China who can't watch it. Um, yeah, I mean. Amazing. Four new cases. Good job. <laughs> how is that possible? I don't know. With one and a half billion people, they got four new cases. That's really, even if you're doing well, that number is just impossible to swallow. Yeah, maybe they have a lot of zinc in their diet. I don't know. But, you know, it's just. That's the secret. That's what have you been able to do? I mean, uh, just, just, I mean, I've seen you do, do some teaching through here, and you can do some kind of virtual studies. I mean, I saw in Germany there was a rave where a guy was out of a T-top on top of a car, and people were, like, going crazy through their roofs. I mean, is any of that shit going on? you have any driving raves? Or, like... I, I, I've just been just sort of, like, doing a little bit of ghost production, a little bit of remixing, um, trying to take, you know, the deals that actually pay money yeah. quickly as opposed to having to depend you know 12 months down the line on royalties yeah. so this way because if you're not gigging as as somebody in my line of work you have no income i mean okay okay so actually i was lucky i got my label royalties um in at the end of april which was like couldn't have been the best time it could have been the yeah. best timing possible for it and then um i have to say the swiss government's been pretty good we yeah. get we're getting a, quite a bit more than this 1200 one-off thing that I don't even know how that works. Is that not is that not more insulting than anything else? I mean, I guess I could see a lot of people going out and buy a fat TV with that. Yeah, listen, people appreciate the money. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think most people are paying their bills. I think people had to buy a lot of extra supplies on credit. You know, I was out of work. I'm going back to work this week, and that's a concern too because I'm going to be you know doing a day job gig where I'm going to be stuck in a truck with some other person. I don't know, hoping that I, they're doing the right thing. You know, like it's gonna you know, but yeah. I didn't, I had no stream of income other than little pittances again from like Spotify or, or TuneCore or whatever little thing. It's not enough to get by, you know? <laughs> Is there a way you could re request the people that you're paired up with during, at least during these days? That'd be kind of nice. If you could say, uh, okay, can I be paired up with somebody that I know? This yeah. Way? Well, I, I don't know anyone at this job. <laughs> oh. I, I got a new one, a new gate because the day jobs that I did have aren't reopened. So, or, or they're not there's no business for them. So there's no, you know, the owners of the company are basically a one man gang now, you know, like, Oh man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just having a hearkening yeah. back to like the scene of Forrest Gump where he won't get on the bus because he's looking at the drivers. I don't know you. And they, they, I'm Forrest Gump and you're Dorothy Harris. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to go for yeah. you and your first day back. Maybe. I mean, it was, I mean, a lot of people are out of work. I was, I was uh, just going on, you know, I, you know, I lived as, as, as well as I could hoping my stuff was going to come back and I did enjoy some of the time off to be creative and, sleep late and, and get healthy and work out a lot. But, uh, you know, I, 
I've been going on job interviews for things that I'm more than overqualified for and still having trouble because everybody who puts up a wanted ad is getting a hundred emails in an hour for them, you know, and even just getting responded to is tough. They have no, they have no problem yeah. filling that position with the, with bottom, with lowest possible hourly pay. That too. Yeah. I, I certainly aimed low and definitely asked for too much money at one job. I'm pretty sure, you know, like, even, oh, though, I, even though I would have been comfortable asking for much more, you know, <laughs> under it's crazy. Like that, I didn't even know? think about like that aspect, you know, when, when the job market comes back up and people are rehiring, it's going to be, of course, they're hiring the, because of the companies are taking such a beating too. Yeah. They're looking for the cheapest way to get through it. Yeah. And they're going to, and it gives them all the power in the equation. Oh, work 12 hours for minimum wage. Fuck you. At least you have a job, you know? I mean, and that's, that was the thing coming out of the 2008 crash when, you know, employers were basically, everybody was doing the job of three people, you know, and not getting paid for it. Uh, and, and, that, and then, you know, eventually the economy got much better and there were much more jobs to choose from. I mean, I wish the U.S., there was more focus on a quality of employment and having a good relationship with workers. I wish it was more like Japan where the gardener in Japan is the greatest gardener of his generation and people he enjoys his job and he is, is in, he is in the pursuit of perfection over it. And he's not doing the job of two other people. He's not also, you know, mowing the lawn too. That's somebody else's job. And they're the master. Specialists, you know? specialists. Same way. Yeah. Like you go to, you go to Brazil and you go to a meat rest, a steakhouse. And like every guy that serves you a meat is a, is a specialist in that type of meat. As, yeah. This is my understanding of it. This is the way it was explained to me. You know, when they cut that meat, they're trained and to, to cook and serve that type of meat. That's their specialty. Awesome. Have, you, have you been to Uruguay? No, I have never. God. Oh my god, that, I think that's the most fantastic place in the universe. Right. It's, <laughs> just, it's not far from 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 all of that. I, I've just never south been to of Paraguay. Brazil. Okay, never been to Peru. Been sure. to Chile, Argentina, of course, Brazil, um, Colombia, Mexico. Yeah, well, those Montevideo is like a hour and a half ferry from uh Buenos Aires it's just I think it's just the most it's just such a fantastic city like it's got like kind of a European feel but but not it's its own thing and it's I just, like Buenos Aires yeah that's just, that's just like that yeah I, but it was it was more it only has one million people so imagine LA with no traffic you know like it was so uh, cool yeah. no traffic and no sprawl like no <laughs> I'll be right there. What's right there? What's your definition of right there? I'll be there in two hours. I'm like, oh, yeah. God, L.A., the definition of right there. Horrible. Just getting over the hill on the 101 if you're coming from North Hollywood to, like, past the bowl. Forget it. On a Friday night, starting to go to Hollywood, it's a nightmare, you know? It is brutal. I, I prefer San Francisco. Nice and, nice and bite-sized. Everything's closer <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, I mean, L.A.'s got its things, you know, but uh, just in terms of just driving everywhere. I don't know. New York's got, New York's got that, that covered. Yeah, no one has cars, you know, but which is why we don't have a drive-in movie theater. Everybody else is apparently those are back, you know. So, did, did, well, we just talked about that in the WhatsApp chat. Didn't they just convert Nassau Coliseum to a to a massive drive-in movie theater? Did that yes. actually go off last weekend? Yeah, I think they were showing. Well, they showed. Right kid, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Did, did you ever figure? Did we find out how they how they decided to do the audio? Was it broadcast to an FM station or was it like through an app? I would assume it was probably through an app or Bluetooth, but the easy way to do it. But I guess you could you could just have a really powerful low FM transmitter and put it on eighty eight point whatever that's not being used anyway. You know. True. True. Um, oh man, but that's cool. That's a good way to use the parking spot. Charge a couple yeah. bucks. Old I mean, it's not like they don't have a sound system. They could have probably disassembled some of it to put outside too, and you know. 
Uh, but then you, yeah, but I mean, but but by doing it this way, you don't have to worry about rain or shine. Yeah, that's true. And, this is Long Island. People have kick-ass sound systems in their cars. They're gonna sound way better. People, yeah, that's that's the one <laughs> thing that, that sucks about living here is just the two a.m. guy bumping three billion decibels of you know fucking reggaeton or mumble rap or whatever. It's like, <laughs> like or or euro techno i mean i hear that too obviously but not as much um <laughs> depends on the style it always depends on the style i try to uh, the dance music's interesting these days it's like it's getting a lot more technical in every genre which is great that's just i'm all about geeking out and stuff like that there's very little i can very little i can shine, shine a laser pointer on in different various productions and say that sucks that sucks because i love doing that but i'm having more difficulty doing it but people are finally getting better yeah well, what really is cool. what's coming up like what's 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 what are the kids listening to man what's the future for the tiktok generation like what's up <laughs> i think the kids and like my daughters they love the they love future bass and future house start the sound and I, i'm not really into that but it's kind of cool it's got like that speed garage um aspect to it and and it's it's production wise it's relatively simple it's like you know kind of like cool fm like frequency modulated yeah. bases and, and um, speed garage is not a meth lab for the people out there you know <laughs> no, no oh yeah okay fair enough oh, true that's a, <laughs> it's a style of music yeah as, as is like i mean a lot of styles have horrible horrible names i always hate like i used to like it when i first got into it but trance i hate the word trance for trance yeah. that doesn't like don't don't do that yeah but born slippy still transfixes you man you hear that and you're like oh you know? Or like Sasha Expander, these are like classic yeah. tracks that just like just do not die. And they were way ahead of their time. Like if you listen to Expander now, even Born Slippy too, like production's great. It sounds yeah. sounds good no matter what you listen on. Well, they had great equipment. Even look, I mean, I listen to a lot of albums still. I've been going back listening to a lot of things from the '90s, whether it be like Nick Cave or PJ Harvey, and just the 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 capturing those mics. They sounded great. They got great performances. And, and, you know, the machines, the keyboards, you know, the Novations and the Tritons of the 90s, they sound good, you know? Like, oh, great. I miss, I miss my Novation Supernova 2 keyboard. That was like, oh, man, what a regret. I mean, I moved to Europe, so breaking these keyboards wasn't really cost-effective. That's what I was considered. If I'm going to leave the country, how do I get my shit there, you know? Maybe I'll just ride on a, on a, on a ship with it to make sure it's safe, you know, I'm not... I don't, I don't, I don't take my guitars on airplanes. When we, when we go and record, we drive to Atlanta because of the gear that we're taking. I don't need my, my pedal board being disassembled by the TSA. It's annoying. No, exactly. But going, leaving the country, I don't think they care. It's coming in. They want to make sure you're not bringing in drugs, uh, children or women. Yeah. Pretty much. Or, um, or, or crazy pets. Oh yeah, apparently that's a thing too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we will actually after COVID. That's going to be definitely high on the list. Yeah, somebody got caught no bringing poisonous snakes through JFK. I mean, oh. <laughs> how stupid can you be? Very. I mean, look if if there's a lot of money in it, people try it. You know, smuggle. Who wants to buy? You know what? I guess yeah, rich people want to buy poisonous snakes. It's like it's like some rich people that have tigers. I guess. Yeah, I mean. I, <laughs> stories usually, like, come to mind that I don't want to say publicly about. I, I know someone who's definitely buying illegal, tiger. <laughs> illegal, illegal reptiles. You know, so <laughs> what was that movie with Matthew Broderick where he's got a he's got the Komodo dragon? Komodo dragon. Now, that was that was like the remake of the Graduate, right? Or the whatever. Graduate. Yeah. <laughs> um. Here she is, your Komodo dragon. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, people had tigers. There's like I think there was like 500 tigers in in private ownership before Tiger King was a thing. Like, I mean, remember there was a tiger running down Myrtle Avenue 
maybe like 15 years ago it escaped you know i mean it was, there was a ocelot loose out in mount sinai long island one time i, mean, I couldn't i couldn't even i couldn't stomach tiger king i couldn't get through that show i think this is the weirdest i can't get down with this like it's just it was it was almost depressing to watch it was like spending show. a day in florida you know was, I, I like florida <laughs> i want to go to florida I, i'm just long for the day to sit my ass park a car on daytona beach and just chill out but yes. i mean that's the last place I was, was, was Florida. That was, that was my last travel. Cause I do, you know, my parents live down there now. So I got to go visit the old folks reservations. It's where mine have been the whole time. And talk about it. It's a good place to be like, yeah. Like, oh yeah, we're on the beach. I'm like, it's a, and they're like 76 degrees. They're like, oh, where do they live? Yeah. Like, uh, they live right just, so they're not actually on Daytona beach. The next city inland, which is okay. like only a 12 minute ride to the beach. So Port Orange. And it's, it's awesome. Like, it's, I mean, it's so laid back. There's not much to do. But when I go on vacation, I don't want anything to do. I want to sit on the beach every day. Yeah, I'm always having that argument with my wife. I'm like, I don't want my vacation to be a tour with 700 missions and objectives and side quests. I just want to fucking chill. Like, no, and no. Like, uh, yeah, no work. I, listen, yeah, I do, obviously, I'm gonna, if I'm in a place of cultural importance, you know, I was in Italy. Yeah, of course I want to see the Sistine Chapel, and I want to see David, and I want That's to the one exception Venice, to the rule. You know, then right? we'll do that tour. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I want to see um, the Coliseum and the Forum, and just, I was just thinking about that. You know, when I was at the Coliseum, it was a dreary-ass day, and people were sneezing and coughing all over each other. I'm like, I'm not, even then, that was gross. pre-COVID, and I'm like, oh, man, everyone, I'm sick <laughs> from this, you know? like. But if it's, if it's not snowboarding or skiing, that type of vacation, it needs to be on the beach. That's yeah. it. And so I, I don't know what other activity I want to do. We, never, we do enough fucking activity every day. I don't need, I don't need to do more of a vacation. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, you know, I'm in Thailand, whatever. Yeah, I'd like to go see a nice temple. I'd like to see giant Buddhas or a water rune or something. But yeah, I want to, and, or I definitely want to take uh, trips to the islands because that's, those are just so incredible and it's just beautiful and whatnot. But you don't need a daily jam-packed itinerary. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also... Yeah, like, I also, you know, I, I never pack, I never check a bag because I don't want it to get lost and be chasing me. I always have a small carry-on, so that, because of that, I can't hoard and buy a ton of shit either to bring back. You know, I'm always going to get, uh, maybe I'll buy a shirt or two, and we're always going to get the green tea matcha Kit Kats that you can't get here, you know, like, that's about it, you know. Money saving for a couple reasons. Number one, you don't have to pay for the check-in fees, and number two, you don't buy shit to bring back, so it's money saving on both sides. It's good. I mean, unless... You, you buy luggage there and then you, you have that extra one that you're checking on the way home because if it gets lost, whatever, it'll find its way to you. It's not, you know. That's true. It eventually comes. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the trips we do too, you're in one city for two or three days and then you go to another one and you go to an island and you go to like whatever. So you don't uh, find something. Yeah. On those trips, you. if you lose your bag, and then, as, as, for example, the first destination, that's rough because then your yeah. bag's chasing you, through, trace, chasing you through the whole thing. You never make it. How many have you lost? I mean, you've, you've been to every country on the globe and sometimes you got to go to two different ones in a weekend you know like they must have upgraded to mac because there's never any issues anymore maybe it was windows before because they're all the systems because they like latin lately they've been really great even when it when i have the last bag off the belt i'm sitting there going ah here we go it's been years but in the beginning like about 10 or 12 13 years ago i lose bags i think it was one year i lost a bag six times Jesus Christ. Six times. I'm like, and it, and it always did find its way back. One time it took yeah. two weeks. JetBlue lost my bag twice. And the last time the bag got put on the, uh, I got to the airport early as you're supposed to. 
and got through security relatively quickly. And then they put my bag on the next flight that I wasn't on. So my bag arrived at JFK like two hours before I did. And then they didn't, and they couldn't put that on the belt. I had to actually sit there learn that I had no bag and then go fucking looking for it. You know? (laughs) Oh man, that sucks. And that happened to me twice. One time it happened, I was coming back from LA and I was like deathly ill. I was on the plane. I had like viral pharyngitis. My tonsils looked like snow capped mountains. I was like in the, I was like in the back of the plane having diarrhea sticking the whole plane up. It was a terrible experience for everyone, you know? Like, <laughs> and I got off that plane and I had a friend of mine meeting me at the terminal with NyQuil so I can drink it immediately so I didn't fucking die. Oh my and God. And they lost my bag. And for, not only was my bag, but I was trapped on the plane for an extra half hour because the door broke and they couldn't open it to get everybody to disembark. That happens way too much. That happens really, really often. Uh, yeah. it was, there was one time when my bag went ahead because it was actually kind of my fault at security after I had checked my bag in. It was in L.A. L.A. LA, LA airport security tend to be dicks. Um, I, I would always try to go out of Burbank if possible. Probably a good move. And they yeah. detained me. They, they, they didn't detain me, but I was handcuffed because I was wasted at security checkpoint. And... I guess I was really bad. And they were asking me like, oh, you know, as, as your bag, but I, I couldn't even answer the question. I didn't even know what the guy was saying. And probably he didn't know what I was saying. So then they basically detained me. And I went in my phone. I'm like, come on, you got to let me go back. I want to get to back to my family. And I reached my, from my phone. Don't ever reach in your pocket when you're getting in trouble with the police. So, <laughs> boom, on the phone, I'm on the, on the floor, knee in my back, hand cut, hands behind my back. They just wanted to hold me as long as they could, as long as to make sure I missed the flight. But, then I went to Terminal 2 and flew to where I needed to go. And actually, my bag was waiting for me there. It was crazy. <laughs> were you just, did, you, did you just come off of a gig and go right to the airport? Like or yep. right after a party? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's tough, so too. Do that. Like, in Vegas, I've done that. I'm, like, literally on the plane fucking tripping out. I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> like, in, you know, like, in Vegas, though, you wouldn't be alone. You'd probably be yeah. 80, 80% of the people around you would be in the same situation. Yeah, that, that <laughs> the 1 a.m. red eye back to New York. Everyone's fucking hammered on it. Or everyone wants to go to sleep, they know. I remember last time, there was a guy next to me with a fucking prosthetic leg, and he, he, he didn't want to take it off. He wanted to keep it straight, you know, so it could be in the aisle, and they were giving him shit. And then the second the plane landed, he straps his leg on, jumps, he pulls a Gucci bag out from the overhead, and he runs to the front. I don't know what he was carrying, like if he had a bag of jewels or whatever, but that guy was, like, taking no prisoners. Like, oh, he's extra leg. It's all that. <laughs> yeah. But typically, you know, they don't, they let him do it. He ran right to the front while the, while the plane was still taxiing, you, you know? Like. There's a lot of, some countries, I noticed, some countries are, very, um, are more respecting that kind of rule. You're not supposed to get up until you're completely in stop position. But I mean, I've been on planes like landing in Russia, kind of closer to, <laughs> closer to Siberia. And we're not even touching ground yet. People are already up getting the bag. I'm like, holy shit. My wife's told the same story. She said she was going to Israel and she had a layover uh, at some city in, in Russia. And um, had to be the Moscow one because you could, you could probably connect in no. St. Petersburg, but that would probably make more sense. To no, it was Moscow. some city I've never heard of. It was somewhere else, I think. Uh, but uh, it was on Aeroflot. <laughs> and she said that the plane didn't even land. And she was, she said this clueless look. And the guy next to her said something to her in Russia, in Russian. And then, Realized that she's American. <laughs> and then she goes, he realized she didn't speak Russian. And she was English. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, never been to Russia before. He's like, no, yeah. it's like, nobody give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it happens every time. I'm like, oh, here we go. And there's always somebody that's like, you know, bum, bum rushing the, 
the front of the plane, get in their bags, and we haven't even touched down yet. And, or we'd go in super fast on the tarmac. I'm like, wow, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> I, the only time I ever did anything like that, I, I, took, I took the Amtrak from New York to LA. I was on it for three days. <laughs> and, and, I, and I was terrified of the person I was sitting next to because he was a certifiable psychopath. So the last 20 minutes, I, was, I got my bag and I was at the door just waiting for it to pop so I could run the fucking into the, into the morning, you know, I can get away oh from it. Oh my God. That is, yeah, I think I've heard this story before. This was a while ago, right? Yeah. Uh, the guy next to me was wearing a dirt bike helmet the entire time. So I started calling this, him a helmet. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah. He's like I, I go to sleep on the street. And if I fall, I, I don't crack my head because my helmet will absorb the fall. I like, like what thinking. You, you can't yeah. argue that. Like, well, what are you going to do when you get to California? I'm going to go to sleep. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm glad you have a simple goal, you know, like whatever. So I, I mostly spent the entire time in the bar to avoid that guy, uh, you know, but. <laughs> At least that was one. Yeah, that's a long time. He's, his phone, I remember his, he had no photos of like people. He had just photos of like the Boston bomber and like products and shit. I'm like, all right, this guy's really into meme culture, I guess. I mean, I don't fucking know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> But no. you've been, you got detained in like Sri Lanka or something too. Did you get like, sh- did they shake you down or something somewhere? Indonesia, like, Indonesia. Yeah. And I was, I had everything above board. I was there to DJ, did two gigs there. I was in the country. I'd entered, done the shows on my way back home, you know, feeling good, cash in my pocket. That was also like a concern. It was like 700 euros in my pocket for the leftover pickup to bring back and get to the passport control. And there's like, you know, um, where's your where's your stamp? I mean, what do you mean? It's right there. There's the green one. It says Indonesia on it. It's like, no, there's a supplementary stamp now. But you're supposed to check in with immigration uh, to start your work permission. I'm like, I had a porter that didn't speak English that come <laughs> help me through the process when I arrived yeah. here. So how was anybody supposed to be able to tell me that? Or and apparently he didn't know that. I said, tell me, so tell me what? Like, tell, tell me something. Where is the immigration office? It says it's like about 30 minutes away from the airport, and. In Indonesian traffic is insane. There's no such thing as 30 minutes away from the airport. It's like three hours. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I'm going to miss my flight. And I'm just thinking. And, 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 they, and, they, and then he just like, flags two other officers. They come take me into an immigration room, immigration uh, interrogation room, which was labeled that too. Good feeling. Warm. And so, yeah, three, three little dudes in there and me with my cash in my pocket. And they, the first question they ask once they close the door is, um, how much money do you have on you, sir? I said, oh, here we are. And I said, nothing. I said, nothing. I said, I haven't been paid. Like I said, everything was transferred by bank and it hasn't even hit yet on my other side. He said, well, we can hold your bags here and do you have an ATM card with you? And I said, oh, yeah. How much do you want? He's like, one million rupees. I was like, one million rupees. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the best thing is a million rupees is actually 100 euros. So I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. And I, I, number one, I just went to the, ca- and then I went to the cash. They were holding my bags and my passport hostage. Then I went to the cash changer first. And I'm like, what is a million rupees in euros? She's like, it's about a year, about a hundred. I'm like, fine, fucking great. So straight over to the ATM, hundred euros. Uh, and out comes a million rupees. I was a millionaire for a couple of minutes and then gave it to these guys. And then, yeah. And they gave me that stamp that apparently I couldn't get until three hours away, but they had it. Of course. Shady bastards. Yeah. So that was okay. my first experience in Indonesia. That never happened again, but it was weird. The only time I've ever been detained is like coming back from Europe when I'm still in Europe. You know, when I, I you know, I, 
I do always check in online first. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't ever, I never have a bag to check. So there's no reason for me to go to the gate, you know, or go, or go to, you know, the, the, the service desk before I go through security. Mm-hmm. And certain countries, you're supposed to, even though you checked in online, still appear so they can scan your passport. Yep. And I, I didn't right. do that in Italy. And they were giving me a lot of shit when I tried to board the plane. I'm like, can't you just do it now? <laughs> I, think, I think all EU countries do that now. A lot of times, especially, say, for example. But why? I, if you can check it online, why do you still have to go to this gate and, and, and still have to go to this, this line and stand online between behind 70 people and, and possibly miss going through security, which sucks, you know, all the just, time. Uh, you always have to go through security, but, yeah. but, but you do have to do it and just in terms of so they can verify that the person who rocked up to the airport, even though they're going to check the passport anyway when you're, bo- yeah. when you're bored, which is weird, but they like to pre-check it. Um, to just verify your face lines up with the with the name on the passport, which lines up with the boarding pass name. Um, Plus my photo was from 10 years ago. So I had no beard and a soul patch and short hair. So none of that helped me, you know? Like, then you need, you're going to get the same line from them. That if it's 10 year old passport, they're going to say, you need a new passport very soon. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, me and Ryan Vaughn, we were coming back from Montreal and they, they looked at both of us who look radically different from our photos. Cause obviously he was a much larger person when he got that photo taken and, and our hair was like kind of the opposite. He's like, did you guys hand me the wrong ones? Are these each other's? I'm like, no. Oh man. <laughs> Like, no. but how old were the passports at that at that particular point i guess they had to be like eight years or so that was bayside joe's bachelor party so when did you get married seven years ago so even even but even even three years you can look radically different you know i mean it happens it's, you know it's it's a bad example but it's a very yeah. extreme example my girls i just had to take them to the passport office last week to go get new passports because we, we do plan to go to america in october but um yeah, they, they look radically different because their pa- kids' passports are only valid for five years. Because yeah. with obviously with good cause, they, they look like a different human being in five <laughs> years. So, jeez. I mean, my, my five-year-old, she had a passport, although she's soon to be six, but she had a passport when she was like 10 months old. So she, of course, needed a new one. She looks nothing like that anymore. And yeah, but we also, we changed drastically in 10 years. An adult looks very different in 10 years. How many passports do you have? Like 30? A lot. <laughs> I mean, person. I just did an Instagram post about it. Because it just, but they, they let you keep your passport, so we keep them because I like to see the stamps. It's pretty sad because the stamps. You don't really get so many stamps anymore. Everything's electronic now. Yeah. Um, I used to get stamps every time, even entering America. I used to get stamps, and so now it's just global entry. Boom, straight through. Which I actually prefer that over the fucking yeah, line yeah, and the stamps. But of course. Um, even eat within the EU, all these borders are completely open now, so you don't get stamps anymore that way. Everything's electronic. That's like a little, a little bit of disappointment. I'm like, but at least I don't have to get new passports all the time because the amount of new passports I'd have to get just because I ran out of pages yeah. um, was annoying. And like America used to let, well, they probably still do, like you can have a main passport that's 10 years validity. And then if you can prove that you mail your passport out for visas all the time and you still need to travel on a regular basis, they'll give you on a, on a per need basis, a two year validity passport. So before I got my Swiss one, I was always rocking two different American passports, which was cool, different numbers and everything. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and also the other reason is, of course, if you plan to go to a place like, um, you know, uh, so you go to Palestine and you go to Israel. You can't have passports that share those stamps. Yeah. You have to have two different passports for those, for each. One passport for each for those destinations. Um, Are there certain places you just won't go play because it's such a pain in the ass? Or you're just, you're just like, fuck it, I'll do whatever, you know? <laughs> I'll go to any place that's not at war. That's probably yeah. the best best way to say it. Whether it's not, where there's not so many people dying would be good. That's fine. 
<laughs> Don't come here then. <laughs> nah, Jesus. I'm dying again. Mean, every festival in the USA has been canceled for the foreseeable. It's it's pretty depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know when we're going to get back to things again. Like if we had shut down a little sooner, things might've been different, you know, but you know, I'm here in 2021. I mean, like again, my band has an entire album that's basically finished. Uh, but I take the, got to look at the good things about yeah. this. Yeah, for sure. It, but it's like, you know, the label won't even release a single right now because we don't know that we can do nothing to support it. We can just now get together to do a video. I think that's the first thing that we're going to be able to do, but you know, and I was finishing up some things up here. Like I was going to the studio, but I would, they would let me in through the ring doorbell. I would enter through the hallway and go into the, the recording room and they, the engineer would be in, in, in the, uh, the control room and we wouldn't have real contact with each other, you know? So like that worked. Okay. How good is your editor that does your video? I was just thinking a good layout for a video would be to do it in terms of telling the story through a Zoom meeting layout. Yeah, we yeah, bands have done that. Um, oh, already? Yeah, Shit. Yeah. We attempted to just play live through Zoom, but with latency, like like my bassist being his basement studio, he was lagging like a split second behind us, so everything we couldn't all sync to a click. So, but ah, uh, yeah, but in terms of music video, I guess that wouldn't be so interesting. I mean, I would think you just play the backing track and just have everybody kind of mimic it, and then the video editor can sync it. Yeah, but, I could I could do that myself. With I have Premiere Pro on here, it's easy, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I, I mean, wanted to go out and shoot some, shoot some uh, footage in Times Square when it was totally dead at night. Uh, yeah. Now with, the, now with the protest, that's pretty hard. I mean, I wanted to do it the other night. <laughs> yeah. but I need my wife to come shoot with me, and then we got into an argument, so that was that. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you're not going to get that Vanilla Sky-looking scenario anymore. Yeah. I mean, That's over. Yeah, I mean, even though things opened, I don't think a lot of the shops and stores are still open. I mean, if I go into 10 at night, it's probably still be this situation, but I can't get that sunset, you know, like, like it was. Commercialism needs to resume. Yeah, certainly. Capitalism, materialism. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> Gotta get I like, to the States. Well, here's the thing too. I mean, people aren't buying as much stuff and. No. What, and people, what are, I, people, people are really, we are, I mean, here, like, we're like, holy shit. What were, we, we were just hemorrhaging money before. And what? We don't even know. Just, yeah, Going for a, I mean, in Switzerland, a cup of coffee costs roughly six bucks. So if me and Morella would just go like sit at a cafe and just get two coffees, that's 12 bucks. I mean, that's like Starbucks prices. Yeah. We do this all the time. We, before we were married, before we had kids, after I had kids, we're always going for coffees. That is such a waste of money. Yeah. But it's something to do too, you know? Yeah. Like, that's it's part an activity. Of it. You're at the cafe, you're chilling, you know? Yeah. yeah also, all this stuff that we're not buying are people in Vietnam and China still making it? And if are those people out of work because we can't buy it because our economy is crappy? Like, have we, we just globally just are people starving all over the rest of the world now because of the glut? You know, like that's an interesting point. I didn't even think about it from that angle. It's very, very. Of course, you didn't. You, you, you Eurocentric person. No, ethno, ethnocentric. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. All I'm thinking about, well, I'm, I'm definitely not making anybody go broke. I mean, I'm ordering AliExpress nonstop. I'm content with the month-long waiting period minimum. Because it's just, I'm ordering charger cables, SD cards, like all the stuff that you don't really need to pay the premium for, as long as I don't care what it's going into. True. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I got to get my really good headphones. They still work on Bluetooth, but the actual cable went, so I got to get one of those. And you know, remember when they used to be Radio Shack? You just go down the street and buy that shit, or they were like electronic stores. They they still, you can still find them if you dig. I had to go get like a plug 
got frayed because I was using a hedge clipper, hedge trimmer, one of the electric ones, and I was <laughs> I didn't pay attention. I I, uh, trim, I literally trimmed the cable, and then I'm like, oh wait a minute, I bet I could do this myself, and it's not hard. You just literally unscrew the whole plug, you cut part section of the cable off, you strip the strip the wires, and you just replace them under the you know uh, live neutral and ground, and and it was good to go. It was nice. six inches shorter, but who gives a shit? <laughs> Pocket, it was like, you know, this is great. And this is like something like, you know, the COVID time, you know, you're, you're, you're pushed to learn how to do things yourself. And yeah. So, so a lot you of call somebody for. Yeah, a lot of DIY chicken coops going off and people gardening and doing all yeah. the <laughs> things, you know. And also like the, the lighting in my studio, I was like, I, I hated the fluorescent lighting and I had it for over 10 years. And then I'm like, how hard can it be? So needless to say, a quick trip over to YouTube and a quick trip over the supermarket to buy led bulbs and then basically you just got to bypass the ballast by cutting a couple of wires and re-splicing and you the bat and the ballast gets bypassed and the fixture becomes an led fixture done yeah. and it doesn't burst into flames hopefully <laughs> no 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 no, no. I, at first i hooked the light bulb straight away thinking i didn't need to watch a youtube video or anything like that not knowing you needed to bypass the ballast and if, immediately it smoked i'm like okay that's definitely the right not not <laughs> the right way let's google this real quick and then i saw that the ballast supplies, I guess, I'm assuming too much power, and it supplies power to both sides of the LED. So, you know, the little things you learn, but when you when you need to in life, and if you have the patience to go look it up in the resources that are available to us, you can save shitload of money. Yeah, definitely. If you call hey, an electrician, the electrician would have come over and be like, yeah, you need a whole new fixture. I can do that for you. Of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> and a thousand bucks later. Yeah, exactly. You're paying for his time, you know, and his expertise. But uh, I do gotta get rolling because with the time difference, it's now 10 a.m. here, and I have a Perfect. ton of things to do. What is it? 3 p.m. for you? Right? Yeah, 3:44. I have to go back to the Apple Store in the city because I gotta go. I picked up my dropped off my phone to get a new battery. I'm so excited that my phone won't die in 30 minutes anymore. You don't just get a new phone the way we do. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, we don't have these like awesome <laughs> leasing deals. America's got. My brother gets a new freaking next the latest and greatest iPhone. I'm still on the iPhone Seven Plus. Well, that's actually kind of mostly my fault because I went and got the Huawei last year and I used it for a year, and then I just got just got sick of Android lifestyle. The phone was awesome and it had the best camera I've ever seen. But you know, I guess in the, in the wake of all this other shit going on with Huawei and stuff like that, I'm like, let's just switch back. And so I'm like, okay, I went to the shop. I'm like, how much is the iPhone Eleven Pro? They're like. Yeah, twelve hundred bucks. I was like, okay, well, what about the special price for me? Considering I pay t like two hundred dollars a month for your yeah. plan, it said that is the special price for you. I'm like, get no. the fuck out of here! I'll stick yeah. with the seven plus. Seven plus. Yeah, my wife, uh, I think, just got the eleven, whatever. It was like, what the hell was it? Like, I think it was like eleven hundred dollars or fourteen hundred. I don't remember what it was. But. It's crazy expensive. I want to buy. I'd rather buy the the next phone, iPhone twelve, on day one, and no, I'm gonna have that for three years. And then yeah. when you do the math, it's like. Two bucks a day. Who cares? Yeah, I got the ten pretty pretty early on, and it worked out. But uh, it's, it's something you, that is worth two dollars a day. If somebody <laughs> looks at their phone like something that they're paying two dollars a day for, then maybe they won't have so much of a problem with the initial layout. Like they get so you know, it's a computer in your pocket. What do you want? <laughs> exactly, man. Well, you uh, you got anything coming up? Any you got obviously no gigs or anything, but you dropping any records? Anything on Spotify people should be looking for or anything or? Just did a remix last month. I released a remix. Oh no, it was like a month and a half ago. That was my last release, and I have another one coming up in August. But it's been sp spread out because I haven't really been doing original material during this. Just remixes, uh, engineering work, ghosting, uh, and the lessons through Skype, which I which I offer. Um, you can probably get more information about that just straight through um, my Instagram, and you can dig down a little bit, and you'll see different, um, you know, uh, plugs for it. Nice, nice.
All right, man. It's good catching up with you. It's been, you too, man. It was awesome. <laughs> Obviously, hit me up next time you're in New York, and we'll get some beers. Maybe we'll have to drink them on a street corner if something's open. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, by the time I mean I'm going straight. Well, if if all things fit together, it's it's straight to straight to Daytona in October and back. I'll be connecting in JFK for two hours, but that's not enough time. <laughs> God, I mean, I don't even want to know how that passport control is going to go. Because I normally have global entry, but the family doesn't. So I don't know yeah. how that's going to go. We're having an issue with uh, preferred global entry in New York because of the rivalry between the governor and the president. Now they're not renewing preferred status for New Yorkers. So when, when my is up, my, my uh, TSA pre-check, I'm going to lose it, you know. Oh, wait a minute. So, so, but what if I still have global entry for a couple of years? Yeah, if you have, when it runs out, it runs out, you know. <laughs> so now I have to use that bullshit clear now. I don't know. <laughs> You've seen that. You've seen the clear. Like, I've seen the clear cost. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? That's like, it's like $125 a year compared to global 100 entry. It's 100, 100, years, yeah. 100 bucks for five years. And you get the TSA pre check for free. That's the best deal there. Yeah. So I thought that was too cheap anyway. That is really cheap. Well, but think about it. All right. It sucks for us. But what if like you live in Buffalo or Niagara and you commute to Canada to work every day? You know, like. You're gonna have you a lot can, of trouble with, with without having that shit anymore, you know. Oh, but I, I'm sure there's something you can get that that unites them both together. And besides, when you come back from Canada, Canadian airports, you do American passport control in Canada before you yeah. come back. So you arrive as if it's a domestic arrival. Um, pretty nice to do it that yeah. way, actually. I, like I did that. that. I did that in Ireland coming back. Uh, to, I flew to Newburgh upstate because it was yeah. Too- Dublin lets you do that. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because my agent's from Dublin. And he, whenever he goes to America, it's like, it's an absolute blast. We do, like, the fastest American passport control you've ever seen because it's in Dublin. It's like, yeah. oh, it's great. Yeah, it was <laughs> awesome. I was, I, was at, I was at the bar having a Guinness already. I didn't even have to bother. <laughs> yeah. That is the best situation. Yeah, it's really, really good. But, uh, all right, man. I'll check you later, man. It's been cool. Yeah, definitely, man. Take care, Brian. And I'll speak to you again very soon. You got it, man. I'll see you. I'll see you in the WhatsApp. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Bye.